This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the DMP City Sports Podcast presented by Odd Shark. I'm Chad Fisher alongside my co-host, Tony Farmer. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Chad. This uh, this contest that I've been telling people about oh, on this shit. show, dude, it's down to 134 people. I can't sleep. It's pretty much all I think about right now. I'm listening to the radio, uh, VSIN, uh, my favorite uh, radio station, radio network, and Derek Stevens, who works over at uh, Circa, who oversees this contest, is talking about all these entries, and he says, there's one guy out there. Named Andy Dufresne. That's my entry name. That's not your real name? That's, that's not my real name. That's, that's my entry true. name. He like- says, one guy out there, Andy Dufresne, who's got all the best teams left. And he power ranks my entry number one. And I'm oh, shocked. Wow. I'm listening to the radio. And Derek Stevens, who I respect the hell out of, mentions my entry. And it just gave me some added motivation, some added inspiration. It was really cool to hear uh, kind of that uh, acknowledgement of the picks that I've made so far. And uh, yeah, man, Thanksgiving's going to be the interesting next step here. But You were probably shitting yourself when you heard that. Dude, it, it made it it made it real. It made it real. <laughs> At that point, we were down to like 170 or so people. Yeah. It was before the Titans had lost. And uh, when I heard that, it was almost like a sign from the universe. I was like, man, I'm this close. Like I, I got to make this happen. I've never been this close to $6 million before. 137, 134 people away. Um, it, it's hard to fathom. It's pretty much all I think about. Absolutely love this Circa uh, contest. And congrats to Derek Stevens and those folks uh, out at Circa for putting together a hell of a contest uh, that hopefully changes my life. We'll see. You're like, I'm buying all kinds of new sweatshirts if I win this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have to go to Goodwill anymore, man. <laughs> I'm tired of wearing Old Navy, motherfucker, okay? I need to win this $6 million because I'm trying to get some new gear. I might be able to get the, the handle on my car door fixed so I don't have to go in the driver, the, the passenger side anymore. Man, that's all you're going to do is just, you're going to fix the handle on your car door and not get a new one? You're like, no, nah, that's cool, we'll man. We'll see. I don't want to spend too much time talking about how I'm going to spend the money because it's not a done deal yet, but, uh, but I'm yeah. very excited for sure. Yeah, dude. Oh, oh! I'm gonna be hitting you up if you win that shit. I'm, I'm sure a lot I'm, of people will. I'm gonna be, be uh, sending some cookies your way. And yeah, shit. I'm sure. That's about I'm, it, though. Yeah, preparing for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. Yeah, for man. Sure. Um, let's tell everybody about Odd Shark. Yeah, our favorite do- lead sponsor on this show. We yeah. absolutely love Odd Shark, and we're gonna be using Odd Shark later after our interview, uh, where we um, we actually use that website in order to pull up the odds and talk about line movement, etc. Yeah, iChark is your free source for the latest odds from leading authorities, including expert editorial content. They got uh, the hottest sports news, detailed matchup picks, in-depth expert analysis. And what's great about this is that it's all completely free. Uh, It's a great resource, man. You got to go there. It's iChark.com, O-D-D-S-S-H-A-R-K.com. We're going to be using their lines later in the the show. Uh, The great thing about that, if you don't know, is that if you go to iChark, they've got odds from like seven or eight different sites and everything like that. And those, a lot of people don't understand those odds vary. They differ yeah. across all these different sites. Could be a point, could be a point and a half, but it's a big deal. Half yeah. a point's big, big enough deal. And to, we'll give to you specific around. examples of that when we do yeah. our, our betting segment for sure. They've also got great articles over there as well. So if you want to maybe, maybe you, you, you like to bet, but you're not really into boxing or the UFC or anything like that. Um, they can kind of uh, uh, give you some insight or you can double check your pick. You can say, I like the bears on Thanksgiving, but what is this expert saying about that game? It's, it's a nice resource. Yeah, even if you don't want to bet on sports, man, you can bet on you can bet on the Oscars. You can bet on oh yeah, entertainment, yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah, it's pretty Jeopardy. Cool. That's it's crazy. Cool. Man. Yeah, it's They're, good stuff. So yeah. check out Odd Shark. We absolutely adore them on this show. Yeah, OddShark.com. 
That's our go-to resource here. We're going to be using them like here here shortly after this interview that we're about to get to with Eric Campbell. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Eric yeah. Campbell, he played uh, three years in the big leagues with uh, with the New York Mets. He had a quick little uh, stint with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, guy spent a lot of time around a lot of big names um, and put together a really solid career um, the minors and majors. So really looking forward to chatting with him. And you've known him for quite a while, right? Yeah, he's someone who actually went to my high school. Um, he's obviously a couple years younger than me, but I covered him playing baseball growing up. Um, and when he actually got a chance to go to the big leagues, I got a chance to write about him. So it was cool for me, uh, to be able to cover him while he was in major league baseball, either the giants or, or the athletics, uh, stadium out in California. One of those two, I interviewed him at, um, just a great guy, just a really nice guy with a good heart, super generous with his time. Glad that uh, we have a chance to talk to him today. Yeah. It's going to be exciting, man. Yeah, for sure. He's got a new kid too. Um, as well. So there's a lot going on in his life. He's putting on these baseball clinics and it's going to be fun to talk to him. You say he's got a new kid like he bought it or something. He's like, it's like a Hyundai. <laughs> he got a new Hyundai and a kid. too. <laughs> he just found it. He's like, oh, he, look at that. He bought a new sweater too, folks. I don't know if you heard about this. He's talking about getting a new lawnmower. We're going to ask him though. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Eric. Our next guest played baseball collegially at Boston College and was drafted in the eighth round of the 2008 Major League Baseball draft. He was a member of the New York Mets, Oakland Athletics, and Seattle Mariners organizations and was most known for his three seasons with the Mets from 2014 to 2016. He retired from baseball last season after a short stint in the big leagues with the Seattle Mariners. He collected 100 hits, seven home runs, nine stolen bases, and 44 RBIs in the big league and won countless awards in the minor leagues. Please welcome to the show the pride of Norwich, Connecticut, my hometown, Eric Soup Campbell. Eric, how's it going, man? Doing very well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So glad to spend some time with you today, man. Yeah, you too. Yeah, uh, Eric, before we start, um, I, I read this about you that on, the, on draft day, you went golfing with your dad on the day of the MLB draft when you were taken by the Mets in 2008. I want to know, and you found out like on the computer right before you left, I think, to go golfing, right? And I want to know how many beers did you shotgun on the course that day? How how, <laughs> how badly were you celebrating, brother? I want to know. Yeah, we really went out. We were going out to golf to kind of take my mind off of it. And yeah. I got drafted before we even took off. Um, so, yeah, we celebrated a little bit. Not a big shotgunner, but I'll, I'll, I'll drink some beers. <laughs> there <sure>. you go. <laughs> Eric, uh, I know that you're, you're recently a new father. I'm curious how fatherhood, fatherhood is going and has preparing to face some of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, how has that prepared you for the challenge of facing, you know, dirty diapers and, and sleepless nights? My wife's an all-star. That's all I can really say about it. She's been, she's been great. Uh, we got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a three-month-old now. Um, so we're busy, but, uh, yeah, she's, she's been great and kind of, um, allows me to do my own thing and, and I help out as best as I can. I got a 14 month old, so I do not miss the, I remember the three month stage, uh, vividly. Uh, I do not miss that at all. I, I do not envy you right now, brother. That's for sure. <laughs> Our newborn, I got to give her credit. She's been a rock star. She's yeah. sleeping nice. night. Oh she's damn! A, yeah, she's been a she's been a great baby. Lucky, so I have no complaints. There. That's crazy. That's awesome. Good for you, man. Eric, as we mentioned, you finished your career with the Seattle Mariners. You collected three hits, um, and eleven at bats and a walk. Nice job, by the way. Um, I know it was kind of a crazy story how you ended up back in the big leagues. You had accepted another job already. Like, can you just walk us through? Tell us that story from the beginning. Um, how the heck did you end up back in the big leagues with the Mariners? It, it was, it's a wild ride. It was a wild story that I still like, don't truly understand. <laughs> but, 
I tried like hell this off season to get signed. I, uh, I reached out to a number of teams telling them I'm ready and I just didn't get any interest. Um, which is, you know, I, I'm about at that age where I can understand it, but then, um, I just had to figure out what to do next. So I was given lessons and, um, really wanted to get into coaching. So I agreed to be the sea unicorns coach for the uh, collegiate summer league team in Norwich. Um, so I, I agreed to do that. And then literally like two weeks after I got into, you know, putting the team together, the Mariners reached out one night and were like, Hey, do you want to play? And I was like, sure. You know, I kept myself in shape. Um, so then honestly, a week later, I didn't go out, um, to spring training or anything. I just jumped right into the season. I went out to Tacoma. I played probably five games, um, right off the couch. Mm. had a good five games and they called me up to the big leagues and it was like wow. <laughs> just a crazy story, but I'm thankful for it. It was, it was awesome. When they reached out and were like, Hey, do you want to play? Was there any sort of like, and by the way, there might be an opportunity for the big leagues in a couple of days, or was that also another shock on top of the shock of getting the job in the first place? Yeah, there there was no, uh, no promise like that. Wow. Um, whenever you're in triple A, you always know you're, you're one injury or one phone call away. So yeah, that's why I agreed to it because I still felt like I could play in the big leagues and it just turned out that it happened that way so quick. All right. So so what's the phone call like with the sea unicorns now? You, you, you've got <laughs> Where this Where you like, job. this name is ridiculous. I'm not, not going to coach for a team named the sea unicorns. That's not even, a, it's a fictitious animal. You know what I mean? I'm what, just not going to do it. What are they, what's that conversation like? I'm sure they understood. I mean, it's an incredible opportunity, but walk us through that next step. Yes. Well, it helped my, my buddy, Dave Skirmahorn, who I'm sure you probably know or or might know. Mm -hmm. um, he was the GM of the Sea Unicorns at the time. So ah. it was a little easier. It was an easier conversation with him. He's like, dude, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, was, that was the easy part. It, he was understanding. Um, but I still felt kind of bad about it. Um, but he, you know, he was like, yeah, you go ahead and, and do it and, and we'll be fine here. I'm curious, Eric. Now, like you said, you're in your mid thirties, you know, your baseball career is coming to an end as you go and you get promoted up to Seattle. Do you go into it with a different mindset knowing like, Hey, this, this could be my, my last stint here. I might not have many more of these opportunities. Um, do you play a little bit more loose knowing that? I mean, did your mindset differ at all? You're definitely more loose. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, uh, you know, you play in New York when you're young and you're just filled with anxiety and like, I have to do well, I have to do this. And you put so much pressure on yourself. Um, so with Seattle, I was a little more, um, well, first of all, I was older, so I was a veteran in the group and I was just more relaxed, kind of, Hey, let it fly. You got nothing to lose here. Um, it just kind of stunk that it was so quick and, and, you know, somebody, that was on the IL came back and got healthy and that booted me back to triple a, mm. but still just the, I don't know how many games I played four or five. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I just got hurt. So I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't go back up there and ended up calling it a career, but, um, all in all, yeah, it was a way kind of more relaxed, relaxed experience than, than what I had in New York. I want to ask you, what was that like transitioning? Cause I mean, obviously you played baseball your entire life. Uh, you played at the, you know, triple A level. And then, uh, I know you went to Japan for a little bit, tried to play there as well. What was it like when you finally had that discussion with yourself or your wife, and your family and decided like, okay, uh, I'm going to, it's the end of the road now. 
Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, it's I'm not sure. Fun. Yeah. Um, baseball is all I knew. I love I love baseball. You know, it's it's what I prepared pretty much and thought about every single day for my whole life since I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old. It was like, you know, all those sayings, like you got to have a backup plan. Like I truly just, just wanted to play baseball and gave everything I had into it. Um, so then to kind of transition back to a different part of my life was, was tough. Um, but I stayed in it. I stayed in Like, I love giving lessons. I love coaching. I love, um, working with, uh, the kids and, and even my teammates in, in pro ball. So I always know I'm going to be involved one way or the other, but just the um, transitioning from the playing part was, was not easy. It's it's so unique too, because there's not many professions in which that you, you have to give up when you feel like you're kind of still in the prime of your career. You might not be as, as uh, uh, strong and athletic and everything like that as a 22 year old kid, but you still are in great shape for your age and all this stuff. I'm a stand-up comedian. I can't imagine if someone told me like at 37, 35, you know what I mean, that I had to stop doing it. It would just be very, very difficult. It's so unique situations you're in. How has like coaching and, and everything like that, how has that helped bridge the gap? And obviously it doesn't fill it, but how how important is that to you now? Yeah, I've always, you know, I just like seeing guys get better. Yeah. Um, and and like I wasn't, I wasn't the best player in the world by any means, but I can confidently say like I played for the best coaches in the world, um, the best infield instructors, the best hitting coaches. Um, so now I get to trend, you know, I get to, I get to, you know, teach what they taught me to, to other kids. And um, with these lessons and with my teammates in AAA, like as soon as I saw them make a play that I kind of gave them a tip on, like that gets me fired up. Mm. That, that's what makes me, you know, keep going. And, and that's what let me know that, that really I want to stay in coaching one way, whether it's youth coaching or, or professionally, um, it's what I want to do. You talked about watching other guys get better. Get better is something that you did throughout your career. I mean, I followed you closely with you being from my hometown. And it was interesting watching your career through the box scores and stuff because at one point I'm like, man, Eric is a lefty specialist. He's killing these lefties. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's like hitting righties better than lefties now. At one point I was like, oh, I guess Eric's a base stealer now. Like he's got double digit, double digit stolen bases. You were originally just a first baseman and third baseman in the majors. You played every position in the infield and both corner outfield positions. It seems like you kept evolving and changing your game and improving in different areas. Can you talk to us about the evolution of Eric Campbell and kind of, I mean, was it intentional? Hey, I need to get more versatile in order to make myself more valuable. Um, how did those improvements come about? Yeah, you try to play catcher as well, right? Hey, I, I tried to play whatever kept me in the Dude, league. he pitched a couple innings in the minor leagues, oh, even. Wow, he even wow. pitched a couple innings in the minors, wow. yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to. You have to evolve. You have to get better. Um, yeah, my first few years, I was just a first base and third baseman, and I was a little bit heavier. Um, you know, I just just didn't feel athletic, and I was like, hey, man, if you're not going to hit, you know, 25 homers a year, then you're not going to cut it just as a corner infield guy. So that's mm. when I really transformed my body. I lost some weight. I was able to play a lot of second base, a lot of left field and right field. I just got more athletic. And then, you know, throughout the years, you just get better. Um, I kind of figured myself out as a hitter, what kind of hitter I wanted to be a high on base, a high contact um, guy that you can plug in anywhere in the infield or outfield. And that's really what kept me playing for 14 years. I think if I just stuck to that first base, third base route, I, I wasn't going to play for a long time. Mm. Um, 
So that allowed me um, being a good teammate, being a, a clubhouse guy. I think those are all the things you need to do. If you're not a superstar, um, you have to do those things if, if you want to stick around and have a, a 10, 12, 14 year career for sure. When you talk about kind of the transition with your body and becoming more versatile and something you realize you had to do, did someone pull you aside? Did an agent or coach kind of recommend that? Or did you just sort of have this epiphany? Hey, I'm not a 25 home run guy, so I, I've got to do this on my own. It was, it was really on my own. Um, throughout the whole, my whole career, like you don't get a whole lot of feedback on what you should be doing. Mm. Maybe it was just the, um, the team that I was on, but you, you don't get a whole lot of feedback on like, Hey, this is what we see you as. This is what we want you to do. You're kind of just, you got to mm. take your career into your own hands. And, and mm. just like seeing my other, other teammates that would make it up or, or get promoted faster than me, just kind of you know, I had to kick myself in the butt a little bit and, and change and, and get better. I think that's awesome, Eric. It's almost inspirational, honestly, because I think there's a lot of people out there who obviously don't play professional baseball, but might be in a career path that's getting stagnant or they realize, hey, in this organization that I'm in, I can only move up X amount. Um, and the fact that you were able to kind of reinvent yourself in baseball um, and you took the initiative to do that on your own, you realize that yourself and you were successful doing that, I think is, is pretty inspirational. And I think it applies to life outside of baseball as well. So kudos to you for that, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Like if you wait around for your whole career, waiting on somebody to tell you what you need to do, uh, you're going to end up waiting too long and you'll be out. So, um, if something's not working, you got to change. I think that's a good inspirational quote for a coffee mug or a t-shirt or something right there. I like that, man. Good shit. Uh, Eric, you had a lot of highlights in your career and several web gems. You had a home run against CC Sabathia in Yankee, uh, in Yankee stadium in 2016. You were part of that Mets team that went to the playoffs. I'm not sure how much time you've had to reflect, but what are some of the memories that stick out to you about your playing career and moments in your career? Um, you know, all the, all the firsts in the big leagues, your first call up, your first hit, home run, um, all those stick out to me. My first hit was on Mother's Day, so that's something oh, I'll always mm. um, remember. Um, other than that, it's a blur. Like the 14 years was, <laughs> was grindy. Like it was, I grinded it out, but everything at the end of it, you kind of look back and you're just like, you know, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> Where did it all go? Yeah. So um, as far as stuff that sticks out, definitely the, the time I spent in the big leagues, but um, I played on a lot of good um, AAA teams where it, you just have a ton of fun. You get a good group of guys and, and it's, it's a lot of fun playing. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed every single year that I had. Can you give us some insight into the the Mets clubhouse all those years that you were there? Uh, maybe any stories you can tell us or who are you closest with in the clubhouse? Who'd you, sh- you know, who, who are your lockers next to? That sort of stuff. Yeah, so I, I mean, I was lucky. I At that time, you know, the Mets were really, we were a good team. We were trying to win. We had the staff and the players to win a World Series. So I was fortunate enough to play with, you know, a ton of veterans, David Wright, Granderson, uh, Michael Kadire, mm. Neil Walker, uh, a ton of guys that knew baseball, like, like people that I had never met before. So just to be able to learn from them, um, Daniel Murphy was another one that mm. I, I had a locker next to. He taught me a ton. Um, but just being able to learn from those guys and see how they work. And then I think that kind of helped me as I got older and, and I helped out some of the younger guys, whether it was in AAA or in, in Seattle. Um, I kind of I kind of used what they taught me to help help those other guys. Um, but it was a great clubhouse. We had 
veterans. We had young guys. We had super talented young pitching. That was, you know, DeGrom, Mats, Harvey, um, Wheeler, and, and Syndergaard. Um, so it was a it was a great mix, and I think that's why we did so well. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about Harvey because I know he he grew up not not far from you, and and frankly, I don't know either of you that well, but I've talked to you both and interviewed you both. You two personality wise, it seems like couldn't be any different um, in terms of you're you're you seem a little bit more uh, laid back, maybe a little bit more introverted, and Matt Harvey's definitely not known for that. He's definitely um, uh, the opposite of that. So um, h- how close are you two? Uh, we're, we're close enough to where we text, you know, a couple times a year. We don't, um, I don't think he's really living near Connecticut anymore. So I don't see him a whole lot, but whenever we see each other, we're friends. He, uh, it's weird to me because he, the perception that the media had or gave him or has on him is different than what he's like face mm. to face. Like he's also laid back, like not a huge talker. He just has that kind of, um, I, I don't know what word I'm looking for. He has that reputation of being somebody that likes being in, in the spotlight. And I, and I don't know if that's necessarily true, but mm. he's a great guy. He's a competitor. Um, I love, I love playing with him. I love that he wanted the ball in the ninth inning in the, in the um, world series game. That's just him. Mm-hmm. Who he is. In uh, September 2015, you were on the receiving end of a sweet behind-the-back pass from Bartolo Colon. It's one of my favorite baseball highlights. Uh, we can't show the clip for copyright reasons, but uh, for our YouTube audience members, you can click the link in the description uh, so you guys can see this clip that we're talking about. Uh, what do you remember from that play? The big man made a play that nobody thought he could. Uh, can you take us through that? I mean, that's just, that's just him. <laughs> that's Bartolo. Like he would do something every single day to make you laugh. Uh, he wasn't like the most talkative dude. He's just a prankster and like, like just doing something like that was no surprise to me. He just like, he was so loose on the field and relaxed and he just liked to have fun. And uh, him tossing that ball behind his back is, <laughs> just was another thing to put on the list that Bartolo did. He, he has some surprising athleticism, man. Little sexy did, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it's hilarious. That guy, he was probably, in, in September 2015, he was probably 49 years old, too. You know <laughs> no Nobody kidding. knows, you know what I mean? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Were you yeah, on the he, team when he hit a home run? He's very athletic. He had great hands. Yeah, he, he did. He was, yeah, he and was for him athletic. to play, for him to play as long as he did, obviously he was, I remember because I'm a big uh, Cleveland Indians fan, and so I watched yeah. him from the very beginning of his career when he was a super hard-throwing righty, uh, you know, uh, striking guys out all the time like that, and how his career changed over time and how oh, he was yeah. able to to uh, keep himself in the league for so long is just amazing, man. I mean, he probably could have played this year, you know? He played <laughs> really? last – didn't he play last year with Minnesota the year before? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think he yeah. still had it in him. He's got a rubber arm for sure. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> he does. does. Throw 90 with a foot of movement. Probably until he's seventy five years old. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably playing somewhere down down in uh his home home state. I'm, you know, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I want to ask you, Eric. Uh, did anything surprise you about your time in the big leagues? Was there anything that uh kind of was a shock to you? And then also follow up. Uh, do you have any regrets in your career? Uh, I'll start first of all. Regret wise, no. I mean. I think I, I think you could always handle your first time in the big leagues a little bit better. Um, just, just me confidence wise, like you're always kind of questioning yourself, you know, is what I'm doing good? Like is, 
as the team pleased, you know, and, mm. and if I could go back again, I would just let it fly a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I like to think I did, but I think you could always be a little more relaxed and a little more confident. Um, what was the first part of question? What stuck did he, out to me? Yeah. Did anything in, the, in your time in the big league shock you? Was there anything like culturally that you weren't aware of until you got there or something like that? No, it, it was pretty similar to, you know, it, it, baseball is baseball. Yeah. Um, mm. you, you definitely get treated better in the big leagues and there's, there's more pressure on you. Um, I think what shocked me is, is really, you know, how great the fans are in New York. Um, I think they get the reputation because you hear the loud ones, whether it's on social media or talk radio, like you think that they all might be, you know, these passionate kind of jerks, but, yeah. but truly the Mets fans, like we're supportive of even to this day, I get, I get cards in the mail to autograph. I get, um, Hey, we loved you with the Mets. I see people That's anywhere. Awesome. Hey, we, we followed you big time when you were with the Mets. We loved you. It's like, those are the fans and, and, um, Really, I think that's most in New York that, that you really appreciate. There's a lot of uh, – there's a big story this summer about uh, how minor leaguers were getting treated uh, all across the board and everything like that from some of the meals that they were given, some of the lodging, mm -hmm. all things like that. Can you tell us – obviously, you'll probably say you spent a lot of time in the minor leagues. You say obviously it needs to get, it needs to get uh, bumped up to another level. They need to be compensated a little bit more, taken care of a little bit more. What was your experience like? Yeah, it's, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a it's a it's a grindy lifestyle that you just you do it. You just do it because you know, like you know what what's at the other end of it. Um, when you're 21, 22, 24, you don't really care. Yeah, you know, you're just you're just playing baseball. You, you're at the field like 12 hours a day, and you go home and sleep. So you don't really realize how you're being treated or your accommodations or the food you eat. You just do it. You get through it. I think looking back now that I'm 34 and I like see how I was, I was living at 25, I'm like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when you're when you're that age, you don't care. You just do it. Yeah. So I, I'm glad they're getting treated better because um, now that I look back at some of the hotels or, or some of the pregame spreads, I I'm like. I can <laughs> they probably do that. They probably just had like a bag of Doritos. It was uh, making y'all couch surf the whole week and stuff, right? They're like, <laughs> yeah, we, we got a serious. The staple minor league clubhouse food is cheese puffs, animal crackers, <laughs> and, and peanut butter jellies. <laughs> it's like, man, man, we're grown men, okay? This is a bunch of six year olds coming in here to play. This isn't a little league game, all right? We're not, we don't need uh, crackers, animal crackers in here and stuff, right? <laughs> Give you uh, yeah, juice boxes and shit. <laughs> yeah. Eric, um, you mentioned some of the great teammates that you had. Can you tell us a story? Uh, maybe it's a, a time that one of these names that you mentioned pulled you aside, gave you some advice. Maybe it's a prank that happened in the clubhouse. Can you just tell us a specific story uh, that's a memory for you uh, uh, off the field about some of these these great teammates? Uh, I don't know about one story specifically. Like these guys are, are yes you know, big leaguers make a ton of money. And if you reach free agency, you make even more. Um, but for the amount of money as all these guys make, like they're so generous, it's incredible. Mm. Like every dinner, every, uh, you know, ride to the field, every anything they pay for it. Um, for the younger guys, when you're in the minor leagues, they take care of you with bats and gloves. So they're not like these stuck up rich, you know, superstar athletes. They're like all down to earth. Mm. Um, generous dude. So that's kind of what, what stuck out to me was, you know, the dinners and uh, 
the bus rides and all that they were just um so fun to be around yeah. um yeah a specific story like the one <laughs> i'll tell you the story of the worst piss i ever took <laughs> <laughs> speaking of bartolo um before that home run he hit in san diego so my job as a pinch hitter or somebody that's not playing is i always got to be ready when the pitch is coming up so i go up in the tunnel and i'm getting ready to hit and i kind of hang out by the dugout when the seventh or eighth hitter in the order's up and see if i'm gonna pinch hit so once i knew bartolo was going up there for his at bat like i went and took took a leak to um <laughs> you know just because i was I was working before that. So right. I missed his whole at bat. I missed his home run because oh. I'm in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> so that historical moment where Mark Martola oh. hits a home run in San Diego. You're oh. in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wash your hands. When nature calls, man. Yeah, when gotta, nature calls. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. Oh, that's funny, Eric. That's real funny, man. <laughs> um, can you, uh, last couple questions. Uh, can you tell us about the cultural differences between the Mets, A's, and Mariners in terms of uh, how those organizations, um, you know, interacted with, with players, et cetera? Just, just uh, yeah, they're different. I mean, the, the Mets are a big market team, so you get, you know, the – City Field was beautiful. You get the amazing clubhouse, the um, the teammates that are kind of all veterans because they're they're in a win now spot. Mm. Oakland's more of like a younger vibe where it's guys really trying to make a name for themselves and they're still they're still kind of um, trying to prove themselves to everybody. So that that's the biggest difference between the the Mets and then the Marlins, Mariners, and, and A's. I would say. Very good, man. I know you've got a uh, baseball clinic coming up. You talked about how you like to teach the youth baseball. Can you tell us a little bit about that event, where it is, when it is, and what's going to be going on there? Yeah, so that's kind of the, the next part of my life, I guess, is, is now I'm going to be um, doing these clinics, camps, and, and lessons and just kind of see how it goes. So um, throughout the whole winter and now throughout you know the next few years, I'm just going to be hammering out as, much, as many clinics, um, camps as I can. Um, my goal now is just to make baseball in Eastern Connecticut um, much better than what it is. I, I want to see, I want to see these kids win state titles. I want to see them win little league titles. So um, that's kind of how I can compete now is making these kids as, as good as I can. That's awesome. And, and who are some of the other big leaguers that are going to be uh, involved with your camp or former big leaguers? Uh, so the guys you would know are, are just the local um, guys that are, are retired now. So I got Zach Zaneski will be there. Um, Colton Bender is a, uh, is a catcher that just got drafted by San Diego. He's from, I think, Lebanon, so he'll be around. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I just, Scott Chasen's another one. I think just there's a bunch of local guys that are still willing to work with youth baseball, so I think it could be great. That's awesome. So what do you, what do you want some of the takeaways to be? Obviously, you can't summarize this whole experience, you know, one or two sentences, but I'm going to ask you to try. What do you want the takeaways to be from these kids uh, that are, are, are learning from y'all? That's a good question. They're so hard on themselves. Like, I don't know. I don't remember how I was at, at 10, 12, 14 years old, but these kids are their own um, worst enemy. They get so hard on themselves, even in the cage working with me, if they don't swing the bat like they want, <laughs> like they're beating themselves up. So I guess um, my message would be that I'm trying to give them more confidence. Number one, I'm trying to teach the right, you know, fundamentals and build a good foundation. Hmm. Um, but I just want them to to have fun doing it and and understand that however good or bad they are now is not how good or bad they're going to be in five years. Like we're just trying to build them up and and get them better. 
Uh, you just want to pass along some of that knowledge that you got from some of the coaches that you were around, right? Like uh, you played at Boston College. I- I'm sorry if I messed his name up, but Coach Mike Aoki, is that his name? Mick. Yeah, Mick. Mick. Mick uh, he said that you're a, quote, good, sarcastic Northeasterner, the dry <laughs> sense of humor, a-, a good teammate, and a humble player who could easily blend into any clubhouse environment. On, was he trying to get you to date his daughter? What was going on, man? <laughs> Those are kind words. <laughs> but uh, what, what, what kind of guy was he for you in your career, and how did he help you? I had a great college experience. I played for him for two of my years, and, and he was the assistant for my freshman year under, under Pete Hughes. Uh, we got our butts kicked in the ACC because it was we were kind of – that was my first – my first year was our first year in the ACC. So we got our, our butts kicked a lot, but um, it was a great experience. I learned a lot. I got to play against the best players in college. So, um, yeah, they taught me a ton. I'm, I'm thankful for, for both those guys. That's awesome. Eric, thank you so much for your time today and your generosity. Yeah. Um, oh, my last question for you. You mentioned that you like beer. Do you drink whiskey at all? Yeah, I do a little bit. All right. We're going to send you a bottle of Still Austin. It's uh, one of our sponsors on the show. They take good care of us. We're going to send you a bottle in the mail just to thank you so much for, for coming on the show. So thank you again, man. Cool. Thank you, guys. Hey, Appreciate Eric. Thanks, brother. It was, it was a pleasure to meet you, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, you too. All take right. Care. Take care, guys. Have a good Sweet. one. We're proud to announce that support for the DMP CD Sports Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join our over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Yeah, man. And on Black Friday, or, or with Black Friday coming up, you can get 25% off site wide. So if you've been thinking about getting this Manscaped product, maybe you're shopping around, maybe you want to get something for a family member. Now is the time to do it, getting 25% off site wide on Black for Black Friday. Yeah, imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. I know you were as well, yeah. Tony, right? It's awesome, man. A lot, a lot of times, man, with other razors, or other shavers and stuff like that, you have a really unfortunate accident. You know what I'm saying? One time, yeah. one time, dude, I nicked my, my, my balls so bad, I thought I started my period. I was like, what's going what? on, man? What's Aww. going on? When, when, when is the rest coming? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know I had cramps yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was terrified for a little bit, man. I almost had to get a Diva Cup. It and was that nasty. gets expensive, man. Tampons and pads are, are not, not inexpensive. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got to throw out the the bath mat, you know what I mean? You're you're saving money by just taking care of yourself. True you story. know what I mean? It's a true story. True story, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what I love, man, is they got the uh the the uh flashlight on the end of the yeah, 4.0. This is awesome, man. Cuz you get very precise I'm putting I'm putting a, a fade on my balls, man. My, ball, my balls. I'm about to put like my favorite team in, in my balls. I'm just gonna put like a Michigan helmet on my balls. It's like, are you? Dude, you need that flashlight too because if you miss a spot when you're in an intimate yeah. situation, that person's gonna notice that spot that you miss. So that flashlight's gonna make sure that you're getting all the hard to reach places. Yeah, this upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that uh, can engage a travel lock, which is also important, man. How many times you go traveling, something like that, your shaver accidentally turns on, you get there, uh, you, you get to your destination, you get ready to shave before you go out, and it's already, it's the battery's right. gone. You know yep. what I mean? This is important. Uh, did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. It, it does, man. The, the battery on this thing lasts incredibly long. I love this thing. 
Uh, I know you liked it as well, right? Yeah, man, it was awesome. I, I mean, as close to life changing as a razor can get. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and you have more confidence when you're in intimate situations, knowing that you're well groomed. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm well groomed now, man. You can put me on a water slide; I would just just shoot right down <laughs> that thing, man. We don't even need water, you know what I mean? I love it. Yeah, it's uh the one thing I'm gonna say. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say is that the ball deodorant is a real deal, man. It makes your balls oh, smell yeah. sophisticated, like they drink tea. You know what I mean? <laughs> With their pinkies out. Yeah, they, it makes it, it makes your ball smell like they watch horse racing and stuff, man. It's <laughs> awesome. So make sure you go to manscaped.com, enter uh, promo code DMP, and you're going to get 25 or excuse me, 20% off uh, your purchase. It's, it's an awesome uh, deal. They got all these awesome Black Friday deals as well. Make sure you go to manscaped.com, enter promo code DNP. All right, as promised, we're going to talk about the Week 12 slate. We've got three Thanksgiving games and a bunch of really good games on Sunday. Chad, on Sunday, there's no heavy favorites. There's nobody favored by more than a touchdown. So that means we're going to see a lot of close games. It's going to be a fun day to watch football. But like I said, let's start with those Thanksgiving games. We've got the Bears at the Lions, the Lions at home, the winless Lions At home against the Bears, we don't know if it's going to be Andy Dalton. We don't know if it's going to be Justin Fields because he has bruised, not broken ribs, so he could actually play. Right now, the Bears are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I like the Lions here, plus three-and-a-half. I really do. Three-and-a-half, yeah. I mean, it's at home. They've actually been surprisingly kind of playing their best football, whatever that means. They had a tie, only lost by three to the Browns, who aren't a great team right now. But, dude, this game, I don't even know if I'm going to watch this game. Yeah, it's not going to be. I mean, I'll, I'll be watching it because I have survivor impl- implications. But uh, other than that, I don't know if it's going to be the, the most fun game to watch. What I like here about the Lions is this is their Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, it is. they have they have won no games. I can just picture in my head the Lions winning their first game on Thanksgiving. The NFL is going to love that. What a great story! And as you mentioned, they are well improved the last two weeks. There, they've been playing really good. We're hearing rumors now that this may be Matt Nagy's last game as a head coach. The fans were chanting fire Matt Nagy at their last game, and he may be mailing it in on a short week knowing that this is his last game. I think the Lions can take advantage of that. I don't think the Bears have much left after that tough loss last week. I like the Lions to cover three and a half and a little sprinkle on the money line at plus 145. I think I'm going to watch some softball instead of this. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a replay from last year or something like that. Fair enough. Uh, Nantucket versus, uh, I don't know, Seattle or something like that. But yeah, I don't know, man. Matt Nagy, I felt like that was a terrible hire to begin with. Didn't he come from like the CFL or something like that? Like some very uh, maybe, obscure. Maybe in his uh, far back history, but he was a defensive coordinator, I believe. Oh, was um, he? I thought he ran off. But yeah. regardless, I don't want to watch this game. Um, I kind of like Dan Campbell, but watching them the last few weeks, because they play the Steelers and the Browns, I watched their games. It reminds me of like an expansion team. You know what I mean? Mm. That's how bad they are. And I was talking to my girlfriend about this, man. I think the Lions could be the worst franchise in sports. Wow. Like possibly ever. Possibly ever. Wow. You know? I mean, That's... at least the Browns in the 60s, they they won some championships. But Detroit? Yeah. The Lions, it might be the worst the worst uh, franchise in sports history. Not only for their losing, but how about how they've all they've always picked, you know, really high in the draft because they've no they've not won. But how about how they've also like treated Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson? You yeah. have these iconic yeah. players who you're lucky enough to get, and then you treat them so poorly and kind of run them out of town, and they retire early. Uh, yeah, that is one sad franchise for sure. And nobody wants to live in Detroit anyways. There's like 14 people that live there right now. You know what I mean? Everyone's <laughs> like, let's go somewhere better. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that, Detroit makes Buffalo look like a, a sprawling metropolis. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have much interest in the, this game, but I will say I do think Detroit's going to uh, uh, keep that within three and a half. Yeah, I think so too. I actually, uh, spoiler alert, I like spoiler alert. I like all three dogs uh, to cover um, on Thanksgiving, including oh, wow. the next one, Raiders plus seven and a half on the road uh, um, at the Cowboys. The most interesting development, guys, I wouldn't bet this game until I see if CeeDee Lamb is going to be playing because you've already got Amari Cooper out um, with illness. Um, and now CeeDee Lamb got concussed on Sunday. Latest news is he may actually surprisingly play on Thursday. Um, if he does, this is a don't. It, it, this is a, a potential uh, to take the Cowboys to cover here. Uh, minus seven. I wouldn't take the Cowboys seven and a half in any circumstances. Um, but without CeeDee Lamb, I love the Raiders plus 7.5 here. And this is why you got to go to Odd Shark because this line is all over the place. It's anywhere from seven to mm. nine. Um, if you go to Odd Shark all across the board. So yeah. that's a big difference, man. Seven and nine is, is two totally different numbers. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't want to bet this game. If I, I'm going to say right now, because we don't know if CeeDee Lamb's going to play, I think that's a big enough player that I'm not going to talk about the, the spread too much. This could be irrelevant. Sure. But on the money line, I'm going to take Dallas, obviously, uh, to win this at home. It's a must win. They have to win this game. I mean, obviously, they got the division locked up pretty much. We're talking about playoff seeding and everything like that. Um, you they they want to win this game badly. Yeah, and if you're like Chad and you like the Cowboys on the money line, I might also interest you in a teaser because if you tease the Cowboys, you know, you get them at seven, you tease them down to one and a half, they pretty much kind of just have to win the game and then there might be another game that you like that you can tease uh, six points as well. So that's something yeah. to consider. Some, great, great teaser game. At yeah, home. somebody on our uh, on our YouTube page said that your new nickname should be Tony Daytona 500 Teaser. I did. Tony Teaser. I will, I will happily put Teaser. Teasers yeah. are the way to go, man. Teasers are the way to make money in the NFL, at least. These line makers are too good at making lines, so you can take advantage Tony of it. Tony the Teaser, the Tony 500. I like it, man. I yeah. like it. It's, it's going to be a lot of letters on the screen. Dude, we got so many. When, when our producer Colton you know, puts our little names at the bottom to start the show, my name's going to be like really it's gonna long. It's going to be a paragraph. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's all good. Uh, next up, we've got the Bills um, at the Saints. New Orleans, always a tough place to play. Um, the Bills, as I said in our last week's show and was proven right, I think the Bills might be a fraud. The Chiefs are the best team that they've beaten all year. And I think that this is going to be a tough game for them. I like a little sprinkle on the Saints money line here at plus 180. Um, I think four and a half points is too many for the Saints. I've got a caveat though. Last week, Alvin Kamara and both of the Saints tackles were out. If that is the case going into this game on Thursday, I can't bet it. But if even like one of those three guys are in there, I like the Saints at home plus four and a half. Yeah, Buffalo, we're going to find out if they're a fraud. I think also this week will tell a lot of that. Yep. Um, not that New Orleans is like a really good team or anything like that, but this is a game they should win even though it's on the road. Um, yep. another, why you go to Odd Shark, four and a half to five and a half. It's a big difference of point. Um, I feel like that spread's too high, man. You know, that's way too high for me. Buffalo's six and four. This isn't a, a great team. And if they're talking about them being one of the best teams in the AFC, that just, I think, you know, shows how good the AFC is. It's not, not yeah, too good. Yeah, in AFC East, they've just beat up on terrible opponents. And they've beat up on them bad. They've beaten some bad teams by a lot of points. Uh, but I, I, I'm not certain the Bills are a fraud. But yeah. I'm, 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 I'm becoming more and more confident each week that they are. And I was one of the first people to say that they might be. I'm going uh, to take New Orleans here. Yep, same, yeah. same, brother. We're on the same one. All right, moving on to uh, Sunday. This game is a real stinker here. We've got the the Texans at home, and they're two and a half point favorites uh, to the Jets. 
the Jets, who are, are really putting together a historically bad season, um, I can't trust them on the road to cover here. Um, I, I, I will lean Texans minus two and a half, but honestly, probably won't bet it. Yeah, two and a half or three, depending on where you go. Uh, I would take Houston here as well. I don't think this is... Yeah, Houston coming about. off that uh, surprise upset of the Titans last week. They played really good, and they were undermanned. I mean, uh, Texans had quite a few injuries, um, and were still... A, and the Titans did too, in, in all honesty. But we're still able to pull that game off in, in difficult conditions. Tyrod Taylor looks solid. I was pretty impressed with that defense causing all the turnovers that they did. I'll lean Texans here. This is why people love the NFL, man, is a parody. You see a team like Tennessee that goes into L.A. and beats them without Derrick Henry, uh, wins the following week as well. They're looking like they might take control of the AFC, and they get beat by one of the worst teams in, in, in the league. You know, yeah, right? So um, it's crazy as hell. I don't really want to mess with this game, but yeah. Yeah, one other thing to note here, 44.5 is the total. The unders have really been cashing. If you've been an under better, you've been doing well all season. Once again, last week, that was the case. I like under 44.5 here. Um, I could just see the Jets. I could see the Jets getting shut out. I could see the Jets only putting up three or seven oh, points yeah, totally. easily. It's totally conceivable. So um, I think that game is going to be hard to to go over when the Jets aren't aren't yeah. pulling their weight there. The next game is a big game, a bigger game than we thought it was going to be a few weeks ago. This might be the game of the week, honestly. Yeah. You got Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. It's a two and a half to three. Uh, looking at Odd Shark right now. Tony, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, we got to see if Mike Evans is out because he was limping off the field on Monday. Yeah. So um, really keep an eye on that. Uh, the Buccaneers also lost a guard, their starting guard, last week. So that's going to be important. Now, on the other side, the Colts, Quentin Nelson, um, he has an ankle injury. Let's assume that you know Quentin Nelson's going to play on an injured ankle. Let's assume the Bucs get their guard back. Um, this is really, to me, a pretty evenly matched game. The Buccaneers just got Sean Murphy bunting back. He's probably their best cornerback. Uh, Monday night was the first game he played since really early in the season when he got injured. That's going to help that secondary because they had so many cluster injuries in the secondary. Um, I think this is a game that is absolutely going to come down to the Colts running game. They have the best running back in the NFL, in my opinion, um, against the Bucks, who, by the way, have the best run defense in the NFL. Now, they will likely be without Vitave, uh, who is probably one of the best run defenders in the entire league. So it's just going to come down to, can the Colts run the ball on the Bucks or not? If they can, I think they're going to win the game. If they can't, they're going to lose the game, which is why I'm not going to touch this game pre-flop. I'm going to live bet it. I'm going to see how that running game looks in the first quarter. And if I like the way it looks, I'm going to adjust my bet that way. It seems like Vita Vea is always hurt, man. It seems yeah. like there's always an injury going on there. Yeah. I'm going to take Indianapolis here, which is something I wouldn't have done three weeks ago. Mm. But... uh they are coming on at the right time, man. This is a dangerous team heading into the playoffs. So I think this is a team nobody wants to play. They're playing uh, really good on defense. Um, they uh, Their first-round pick out of Michigan uh, having a good year. So uh, I'm going to take Indianapolis at home, giving three points. I like that, man. I like that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live bet it, but I respect your opinion on that yeah. one for sure. Uh, next up, we've got the Eagles at Giants. I want everybody out there to do me a favor. Pull up the Philadelphia Eagles' remaining schedule. It is so soft. If you can, they've won their last two games. If you can get some odds on the Eagles, maybe even some crazy odds to win the Super Bowl, but to uh, make the playoffs, take it. I think the Eagles could absolutely sneak in here. They're getting hot. Their defense is underrated. They're on the road uh, laying three and a half points to the Giants. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going to take Philly, man. New York doesn't look like they have a quarterback right now. He's uh, too 
he doesn't play mistake free football, man. He's going to turn the ball over two or three times a game. And that's, you can't come back from that when you're not, you know, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, or something like that, or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, Philly, I, I, I did the same thing, man. Their schedule, it, it's very, definitely very favorable. And with that seventh team in, in the playoffs in each division, I could see them sneaking in, man, for sure. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me here. Um, Giants getting three and a half. I do like a divisional home dog getting the hook, getting the three and a half here. So if I had to lean, I'd probably lean with the Giants. But again, season long, um, I, I like the Eagles. They're definitely a, a team to watch. That Giants game against the Bucks was interesting, right? Because there was this narrative going in that the Giants haven't had all their guys healthy. They haven't had many games with Saquon Barkley and Kenny, Doll- Kenny Galladay and Kendarius Tony all healthy at the same time. And when they did, they upset the Saints. So now they have all three of those guys healthy. They're going into a game against Tampa. And I, I was flat out wrong on that game. I expected the Giants would cover that number. And that game would be a lot closer. And uh, they, were, they were embarrassed by the Bucs. They played really, really poorly. I don't even think the Bucs played that good. But nah. the score was you know, a 20-point difference yeah. because the Giants just played that poorly. Uh, the, the touchdown that they did get was a, uh, on a five-yard drive because they were fortunate enough to get an interception that uh, bounced off Mike Evans' fingers. So... The Giants, I think, um, are are a bit um, overrated, even though they're not rated that highly. <laughs> yeah, they're three and seven, man. They're not a good team. No. You know, let's be honest, they're not a great team. So, uh, but not too many people in the NFC East are. Uh, that's why I could still see uh, Philly. You know, they got to play the rest of their schedule. A lot of divisional opponents, man. Uh, they can sneak in. But yeah, they're three and seven, man. And Daniel Jones isn't getting it done. That guy's a backup quarterback in this league. Uh, they got to figure out what the hell is going on at the quarterback position. A lot of teams do, uh, including the next two teams we're about to talk about. Yeah, we got the Panthers with Cam Newton um, at the Dolphins. You know, a lot of the public was on the Panthers last week. I think people were, were buying the Cam Newton hype um, and assumed that he'd be able to beat his old coach. But uh, the old coach taught him a little something. And Washington uh, not only covered the spread, but um, was able to beat Carolina outright. This week, Carolina is a two-point favorite on the road at the Dolphins. I, I just can't touch this game. Uh, if anything, I might tease the Dolphins up. Uh, that would be what we call a Stanford Wong teaser where you go through the, the three and the seven, uh, add six points to make the Dolphins plus eight. That's something to consider. Uh, but otherwise, I, I can't touch this game. Yeah, they're one or two point favorites, uh, or excuse me, one or two point underdogs, depending on where you're looking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What team are you going to get from either of these teams? You know, yeah. it's very difficult to tell. Uh, I guess if I had to pick, I'm going to take Miami at home to cover that, keep that within two. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, who knows, who cares? Yeah. Uh, next up we've got perhaps, you know, the game of the week, this is a a really big one, uh, an important game and ironically has the highest point spread of the week as well. The Patriots are six and a half point favorites, um, at home against the Titans who, as I mentioned earlier, they look terrible against the Texans. Some people would say the Titans were looking ahead of the Texans at this game versus the Patriots because it's Mike Vrabel, you know, against Bill Belichick, Vrabel's coming home, so to speak. Um, this is definitely a, a game that's going to be teased a lot. There's going to be a lot of people out there teasing the, the Patriots from six and a half down to a half point, which is basically, you know, just to win. Pick them, yeah. um, so that's something to consider. That, that is sound strategy right there if, if you like the Patriots. Um, I think the Patriots are going to win this game. There's very little doubt in my mind about that. So I like the money line at minus 280 thrown into a parlay. Um, uh, I can't touch it. I can't touch the Titans six and a half. If it that's goes up to seven, if it goes up to seven, I'm feeling pretty confident about a Titans lean there for sure, but not at six and a half. Six and a half is a lot, man. I can't believe the spread is so large, to be honest with you. It's at New England. 
New England has been beating the hell out of everybody uh, the last few weeks. But yeah, Tennessee is still a damn good team, obviously, even without Derrick Henry. They got the best record in the AFC right now. But yeah, six and a half, dude, that's huge. But yeah, if it went up to seven, I would probably feel a little more comfortable putting some money down on Tennessee there. Yeah. Uh, personally, I would not touch this. That's too large unless you do like a teaser, like you said. Uh, money line, I would take New England. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I'll tell you what, though. This episode, you know, we, we get released on Wednesdays. I think there's going to be a, line, a lot of line movement throughout the week. So depending on when yeah. you listen to this, keep an eye on that. And the reason I say that is because the Titans had so many guys out last week. It was overwhelming the number mm-hmm. of injuries that they had. I'm talking pass rushers. I'm talking, you know, we offensive already know. Offensive linemen, yeah. D- offensive linemen. Derrick Henry obviously was already out. Um, Julio Jones was already out, but then their backup running back, uh, McNichols was also out. Their tight end Swain was out and a whole bunch of guys on defense. It was pretty overwhelming how many guys were hurt for them. So how many of those guys are going to be back next week? That is going to go a long way to depending this line, uh, to, to shaping this line and probably going to be the factor in, in whether a lot of people bet it or not. Next up, we got the Steelers four and a half point dogs at Cincy. I'm not sure what to make of this line. Last week's Bengals-Raiders game was interesting, right? Because a lot of people were like, ah, the Bengals and Raiders are both Jekyll and Hyde. Nobody knows what they're going to get out of them. And the Bengals showed you something. They showed you something really good there in that game. Uh, The Steelers put up a hell of a fight on Sunday night against the Chargers. They came all the way back to take the lead in the fourth quarter and then let it slip away. That was one of the most fun games for me to watch all year. Just taking a step back from gambling, taking a step back from my rooting interest, just what was a fun game to watch. That Steelers uh, a Chargers game was, it was a blast. Um, the Steelers showed me something here. I'm probably going to have to take the Steelers four and a half on the road. Man, I'm going to take Cincinnati here. It's either four and a half or five, depending on where you're going. Um, Cincinnati started hot. It kind of came back down to earth a little bit, but this is at Cincinnati. Um, Pittsburgh has a tiny bit less rest. They're coming from the West Coast as well. Uh, I'm gonna take Cincinnati at home. Yeah, it's gonna be. Would you say coming from the West Coast? Did they play? Was that at? Oh LA? yeah, coming back from the yeah, West yeah. Coast. My bad. I thought you meant in this game. Yeah, no, good, no. good call. That's a very good point. That's a lot of travel. Um, both of these teams need this game bad, and uh, I, I think it's gonna be a field goal game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Steelers plus four and a half. Next up, we've got uh, another stinker here. Jesus Falcons. What are you showing here for the number? I've got a one point favorite on Odd Shark. Uh, over the Jaguars. Yeah, I got one across the board uh, right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know who's going to bet on this game. Forty six and a half. Urban is Meyer's total? wife or one of his <laughs> his interns. You know, that's probably the only person. Is oh, Urban Meyer still coaching there? That's crazy. I, I'm surprised. He's still around at least until draft day. Right around draft day. Anyways. I saw in the middle of the game. Trevor Lawrence had his arm around him. It was a really oh. odd, odd. Yeah, he's look, like really touchy, man. That guy. Yeah, that's kind of strange. That Urban Meyer guy. He's strange, real, real touchy, if you know yeah. what I mean. A little fingery too, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> Big finger guy type of guy. No you know kidding. I, mean? I don't want to touch this game, man. One point. I don't care. Atlanta, I guess. Yeah, this is a good teaser opportunity for the Jaguars, but but why are you going to put your money on the Jaguars? Yeah. Why are you going to put your money on the Falcons? This they could lose by thirty. Away from you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, nobody would be shocked there if that yeah. happens. So next, stay away for for that one for sure. Uh, next game, uh, the first four o'clock game of the day, we got uh, L.A. Chargers at Denver. It's a big divisional matchup, going to help separate some of these teams out there that are clustered together in the West. Yeah, and, and Denver's always a tough place to play. I'm kind of looking at the total here at forty-seven and a half. Um, I could see this total going over. I could see this being kind of a, a bit of a shootout in this game. 
Uh, the Chargers struggle to stop the run. I can see the Broncos getting their running game going, and that's going to open up the pass, going to open up some deep bombs for Teddy here. So um, I like the over. Um, I really like the Broncos teased here from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half going through the three and the seven. That is a classic Stanford Wong teaser. Um, I like it a lot. Um, I'm also going to lean Broncos in this one, uh, getting two and a half points. What are your yeah, thoughts? Same. That anywhere from two and a half to three, I would take the I would take Denver at home to be able to. to yeah, and that's why Odd Shark's so important, man. If I can two and get a half, three, three, that's huge. If I yeah. can get three, absolutely. Yeah. That that's that's huge. Yeah, that's why you can't I'll just take, stick with one one betting site either, man. That's why you, you know, got to go to Odd Shark so you can get all this information. Absolutely, I'm going very Denver important plus three there. Um, next up, your your game of the week. I'm I'm pumped about this one. The Vikings are three point dogs at San Francisco. The 49ers are terrible at home. They've only won one game at home so far this year. They're really bad. The Vikings always seem to play in close games. A few overtime games this year. A couple crazy comebacks. Vikings always bring the drama for sure. They're the um, only team in the NFL that's led by at least seven points. In every game this year. I did not know that. That's yeah. crazy. And wow. nine of their 10 games have been decided by one score or less. Unbelievable. Unreal, those are crazy stats right yeah. there for sure, man. Those are those are really crazy numbers. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has looked really good the last two weeks. I mean, he's looked yeah. sharp. Um, Kirk Cousins has as well. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I'm not going to take... Can I get a two and a half? Are there any two and a halfs on Odd Shark, Chad? I don't see any. I think it's just three across the All board. All right. If this line go it started at two and a half and it went up to three, if it goes back down to two and a half, I'll take the Niners. But otherwise, I'm just going to take the Niners money line. I feel really comfortable about them winning this game. Um, but covering a, a, at three or more is a whole other ball game, so I can't touch it otherwise. This, this is going to be a good game, man. Uh, surprisingly so with two five and five teams that are in the middle of the pack in their division. Yes. But these are two teams that are resurgent uh, yep. as of late. Minnesota, I don't think anybody wants to play them in the playoffs right now with that defense and how they kept every game close. They're going to be in the game. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. this, this – uh, I mean, the two five and five teams, but that's why, you know, Minnesota's line is not going to be probably higher than three or four the rest of the season, to be yeah. honest with you. But I'm going to take Minnesota on the road. As you said, San Francisco's not playing too well at home. Minnesota with that defense, man, I just think that they're, they're, they're tough, man. That's a tough team, dude. And they're going to be tough to, to, they'll be a tough out in the playoffs if they end up making it. Yeah, the reason I like the Niners is because um, I think, first of all, Kyle Shanahan knows Kirk Cousins really well, better than most people in the league. And so I think he'll be able to, um, you know, not that, not that he's the defensive coordinator, but I think he, he knows how to play Kirk for sure. Um, I also like the 49ers pass protection has improved. Ever since Mike McGlinchey, their right tackle went out, he's more of a, of a run blocking guy. 49ers put Jalen Moore in there, a rookie. He's been protecting really well. The Vikings' best uh, weapon is their pass rush. And so I think those guys are going to hold up. Last two weeks, the 49ers have had these crazy long drives, like eight, nine, ten minute drives. Um, and I think that they'll be able to run the ball on Minnesota and they'll be able to keep the Vikings off the field. Um, so that, that's kind of why I like the Niners there. But Vikings at plus three isn't a terrible pick because like I said, I don't have the balls to take the Niners minus three. So I, I get that, Chad. Hey, everybody. We're super excited that the DMP CD Sports Podcast is presented by BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com. If you go to betterhelp.com right now, enter promo code DMP, you're going to get, was it 10% off your first month of therapy, which is awesome, man. It's very important. This is a special time of year too, man. A lot of times people don't have family and stuff like that. I know uh, my mom has passed away uh, almost seven years ago. This mm. is a time where, you know, a lot of memories and thoughts and stuff like that come up. You want to make sure you're taking care of yourself. 
Make sure you're uh, getting some regular maintenance on your mental health, and that's why BetterHelp is so important because they're going to match you with a, a licensed therapist. This isn't, uh, uh, you know, traditional therapy. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to wait in uh, uncomfortable waiting rooms. You can do this all at the at the crib in your drawers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you yeah. have to talk to your therapist about that, but <laughs> I'm sure it'll be all right. But uh, it's an awesome resource, man. It's a great time of year to check this out and to take command of your mental health. Yeah. And times have changed. You know, it used to be kind of taboo or it used to be, um, you know, people didn't want to go to therapy because there was a stigma around it. And times have changed. I mean, you see NFL players now missing games to, so that they can focus on their mental health. It's an important thing that we do proactively um, to, to support our mental health as much as we support our physical health. Yeah, definitely. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, which is awesome, man. It's not going to take two or three weeks or whatever. You can be doing this in two days on the road to a better, happier version of yourself. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. Um, there's all kinds of different reviews on there. They have different um, uh, therapists with a uh, different level of expertise uh, that spe- uh, specialize in certain areas so you can get help with any issue that you're facing today. Um, better help is so, uh, they're becoming so popular that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And you get a, we've got a special offer for our listeners. If you go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com forward slash D-N-P. You're going to get 10% off your first month of therapy. It's a great deal. Next one. This, oof. You know what? I might have to take it back, Chad. We said the game of the week was uh, Titans Patriots. This might be more fun to watch. We're going to have the Rams as one-point dogs on the road at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has got this toe thing going on. I guess it's kind of like turf toe. So he's not 100%. He's going to be a little bit less mobile. Um, The Rams are coming off of uh, that ugly loss to the 49ers and a bye. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back here. Love the Rams in every which way. I love the Rams money line. I love the Rams teased up from one up to seven. Um, I love the Rams plus one. Um, I, I think the, the Packers are vulnerable right now. Aaron Jones is out. Their running backs out. Their quarterbacks hurt. Uh, they just lost another offensive lineman, probably their best offensive lineman in Jenkins. Uh, Bakhtiari's not back yet. This is the time to win this game if you're the Rams. The Packers are vulnerable. I know it's in Green Bay. I like the Rams here a lot. Yeah, this is going to determine which of these teams is going to separate themselves from the pack and who's going to fall back a little bit and kind of be in a dogfight the rest of the season. Got the Rams who are seven and three, and the Packers eight and three. Uh, the Packers get to nine and three. They've got a big cushion there in the uh, NFC North, and kind of separate themselves a little bit and kind of put themselves in the upper tier of the NFC. But if they lose this game, they're eight and four. Uh, depending on what happens with Minnesota on Saturday, only a game back possibly. So uh, this is going to be a big game, man. And I understand that Aaron Rodgers has been hurt. Um, I'm going to look at the total actually here, man, because the total is only 47 and a half. And I understand that Aaron Rodgers is hurt and that probably affects it. It opened at 50, but I'm going to take the over in this Mm. 47 and a half. It's at Green Bay. Yeah. uh, Could be some inclement weather and everything like that. You're talking about West Coast teams coming playing playing in domes. Uh, But I'm going to take Green Bay here. uh, Excuse me, the over under at 47 and a half. And then I also would take Green Bay at home uh, just on the money line. The spread, I don't know if I want to touch the spread too much. Uh, sure. I mean, it's a pick em. It's even right across the board pretty much. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you're just doing money, money line anyways. I'll take the the Packers here. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we got two games left to talk about. Our Sunday night matchup, we've got the Browns plus three and a half at the Ravens. 
Man, Baker Mayfield looks terrible. I I, I can't be too hard on him because he's banged up, and I like that he's gutting it out. But an injured Baker Mayfield looks terrible. Then we got him going up against Lamar Jackson. We don't know for sure that Lamar Jackson's going to be playing. He has an illness that's non-C19 illness. Um, he's not testing positive for the virus, but he's got something going on, and it was bad enough to keep him out last week. Chad, I can't remember another time that a, a starting quarterback or football player, period, missed a game because of an illness that wasn't uh, uh, C19. Yeah. You ever seen a quarterback miss a game because of a normal flu? I think everybody's just freaked out right now, man. So they're just like, don't even, that, you know. But Lamar Jackson's got some, I mean, I don't want to speculate on a man's health, but I'm going to speculate on a man's health. Uh-huh. Remember that game where he had to like, apparently, although he denies it, like run to the bathroom in the middle of the game? He Do got you remember the Dukes. Th- you know? And so, and he's always, he's always he's always got some health stuff going on. So, uh, man, if you get Lamar Jackson in this game as a three and a half point favorite, is he even going to be 100%? Maybe he's like Odell Beckham Jr. and he doesn't like water. That's why he's always got shit wrong with him. <laughs> Maybe. And stuff. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to take Baltimore here, three and a half. I still think that they're going to win. Uh, Cleveland is just – Baker Mayfield is not healthy, man. You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like a, a punt on the season in terms of evaluating him for a bigger contract and everything. He can get franchised. He's still got one more year left on his contract. He's going to make a lot of money for a quarterback that's in the bottom third in terms of QBR and uh, production and everything. Um, I just haven't seen anything from Cleveland that, that like really excites me, man. They don't have yeah. playmakers. They got a lot of possession receivers on the team. Yeah, there's no electricity. Nick Chubb obviously is our best player. Hunt will be coming back. Yeah, it looks like so you'll have you'll have two really good running backs. The, they have, we have three really good running yep. backs. Dernis Johnson is, yeah. is really good. Who could be a number two, maybe even a starter for a lot of teams. Good man. point. Yeah. He, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if this is Kareem Hunt's last year mm. in Cleveland. I mean, he's great. He's a good player, but we can get him way cheaper. Darnus Johnson, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, we got to see if, if uh, Landry's playing too, Jarvis Landry. Don't make this bet until you know his health status. Yeah, so it's three and a half. It opened at five and a half yep. for Baltimore, but it's three and a half with the news probably that they don't know if uh, Lamar is going to be playing or not or yeah. how effective he's going to be. I'm still taking Baltimore, man. I, I haven't seen too much from Cleveland to, to you know, make me confident in picking them anymore the rest of the season. Yeah, in, ter- in terms of a system play, remember we talked about last week those short road dogs? Um, of seven points or less are hitting at more than 70%. This would be one of them, but I, I it's just, uh, it's, it's hard to pull that trigger on the Browns. They're as bad as they've looked. Yeah. Next up, last up, we've got uh, Seattle at the football team. Now they're traveling to the East Coast, but it's not an early one, one o'clock kickoff. So there's a lot of travel involved, but you don't, it's Monday night. So you don't have to worry about, you know, waking up early and, and body clocks being off and all that sort of stuff. I'm showing Washington as a one point favorite, which is crazy. Because, Chad, before last week, the look-ahead line had Seattle as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I was starting to look at Seattle because I, I thought that they could beat uh, the Cardinals last week without Kyler Murray. I was starting to consider Seattle as a survivor pool play, um, assuming they were going to do better against Arizona, and as three-and-a-half or four-point favorites. But I think what's happened here, why the line has moved so much, is people are watching Russell Wilson the last two weeks, and they're saying, that guy's still hurt. He's not 100%. He's not making the same throws. And so now you've got an injured Russell Wilson on the road against the Washington football team who's won two straight. I mean, they're looking good. I don't know how or why because they've lost two of their best defensive linemen. Their two best pass rushers are out and suddenly they start playing really well. <laughs> so I can't take this game. I can't touch this game. But the line, line movement I find fascinating. 
Yeah, I don't think too many people are going to watch this game. It's uh, They had to know Washington wasn't going to be great coming into this season. They still don't have a quarterback. I've seen, I'm showing a pick them in a lot of places. Uh, it's even. Um, who knows what – Russell Wilson does not look healthy right now, so yeah. who the hell knows what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, in order for that line to move that much, Chad, I just want to point out that some sharp money, it looks like, it has to have come in on Washington because yeah. the, the, the pro bettors are the guys that bet early in the week. And so for it to have a four and a half point move, uh, sharp guys must really like Washington here. And and sometimes it's better to be on the sharp guy's side. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd probably take Washington here if I had to. For sure. Well, um, it's going to be a fun week of football. Yeah, it I is, can't man. Wait, man. Yeah, it is. And so we did NFL. We got rivalry week. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and college football. One of my favorite weeks of the year. Usually, it used to be, anyways. But depending on how Michigan does, it'll be exactly one of the well. Weeks of the year. Yeah, we <laughs> we don't have high expectations. I'll be honest, but let's go through it, man. The game yeah. of the week, the biggest game of the year. Uh, a week from now, we might not. We might look back at this and say this wasn't the biggest game of the year. It wasn't, but this is. And for all intents and purposes, this is a a, a pre playoff game. This is a playoff yep. game. This is a huge implication play. If uh, Michigan wins this game, they are in the playoff, no matter what happens in the big 10 championship, in my opinion, Um, because Ohio state has looked like a straight up death star this year, man. I'm surprised the line is as low as it is. It started at six uh, Ohio state favored by six points on the road in Ann Arbor at Michigan. Um, It's all the way up to eight, eight or eight or seven and a half. Now. Um, Yeah, man, this is going to, this is a, a very, low line in my opinion man because what you saw Ohio State do to Michigan State last week 56 to 7 I mean it wasn't even that close dude it was like 49 to nothing at halftime this game was over halfway through the first quarter it's unbelievable man Ohio State plays like that there's no way in hell Michigan can can compete with them as I told you I believe uh, uh, Ohio State has like three first round draft picks man at wide receiver a first round draft pick at quarterback a first round draft pick uh, in the backfield a true freshman Travion Henderson and then uh, C.J. Stroud, a Heisman Trophy candidate, he's going to be in the in college football for another year at least. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, no one wants to play Ohio State right now. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how bad this is. This could get, but I could see it getting really bad, man. I could see it getting really, really nasty and shit. Yeah, it's easy to say this in hindsight, but the 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 move on this line was to bet uh, Michigan at minus six tease it down from minus six to a pick them when that line first came out. And this is why odd shark is such a great resource because you can follow that line movement and make moves like this. That was the time to do it. Now that it's, it's up to eight and a half, right? Um, it's, it's, it's gonna be tough for me to bet, um, Ohio state here just cause the lines moved. And I feel like I'm not getting the best of the number. Um, I, let me ask you this, Chad, you and I both know, um, Harbaugh's coaching style really well. I could see this being the kind of game where he has flea flickers, halfback passes, maybe even a surprise onside kick, fake punt, fake field goal, where he knows he's going to have to reach into the bag of tricks in order to win this game. So you might see a little bit of craziness with the play calling from Harbaugh. Could, could you see that happening? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, they kind of did it last week. We had a, a, a throwback pass on a uh, kickoff return that yep. went for a touchdown. Um, scored on special teams, defense, and offense, running and throwing last week. Uh, we're, you know, I'll say this, man. Michigan won 10 games this year, which not many people saw, saw coming. Yeah. You could have made a shit ton of money if you'd have bet that coming into the season for them to win 10 games. 
uh, with two to play, possibly three or four. Um, of course, I, I would be ecstatic if we won this game. I would come in here, like uh, Benjamin Albright said last week, I'd probably just come in here with some draws on if that was the case. <laughs> the money line on Michigan is uh, plus 270, 260, 235. It changes all across the board. What I will say this is that I do think Ohio State's going to win this game because until Michigan can beat them and prove otherwise, I just feel like they're, they're a class above, a couple classes above Michigan at this point. The spread is, you know, from seven to, seven to eight. Um, what I would say is the over-under is uh, mm. 65, 63 and a half, or 65 pretty much all across the board, 64 and a half as well. Mm. I would bet the over on that because I think okay. Ohio State can score 65 their damn selves, Shit. and they might do it, you know what I mean, just because yeah. we're Michigan. Those three receivers who are all yeah. potential first-round picks, yeah, it's going mean, tough to they've stop. They've got at least five or six first-round picks on the offense right yeah, now, you know what I mean? That's not stop. even talking about guys that will come up next year and take the position of some of those other guys. Um but yeah, over under 65, 63. You can get 63 and a half here yeah. some places. 63 and a half, 64. I would bet the over because if Ohio State does beat the hell out of Michigan, they're going to run the score up. And mm. they, they put up 56 at home last week against Michigan State. They have the opportunity. They'll drop 70 on Michigan if they want mm. to, if, they're, if they can. Uh, I hope I'm wrong about all of this. I hope it's uh, – I've seen weirder things happen, man. I definitely have. It's not like Michigan's this terrible team. They're 10 and 1. Uh, but Ohio State it looks unstoppable, man. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. All right, Chad. What you just said fascinates me. I want to ask you a question. Is it likely? Is it accurate to say this? If Ohio State wins the game, if you had a crystal ball and all you know is that Ohio State won, is it accurate in your opinion to say the game's more likely to go over if Ohio State wins, and the game's more likely to go under if Michigan wins? Yeah, I mean Michigan has okay. a, has a good offense, but all right. So Michigan is going to need a, a lower scoring game in order to win. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is where we get into the world, folks. This is this is fun to talk about. Correlated parlays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you like Ohio State as Chad does in this game, you can parlay the Ohio State money line with the over. Mm -hmm. If you're on the Michigan side, instead of just betting Michigan, you can parlay Michigan with the under. Since we agree, if Michigan does win, they're going to need it to be a low scoring game. Yeah. So you can parlay those two things together. That's called a correlated parlay where um, you're getting way better odds on the parlay, but by putting two things together that are more likely to happen if the other leg of it happens, if that makes sense. I hope I explained yeah. that well. Yeah, I think only three times this year has Ohio State been held to under 33 points. Mm. So, Oh, this is a great correlated parlay. The more yeah. you're telling me about this yeah, game, yeah. the more I'm geeking out about this being the ideal correlated parlay yeah. situation. So, so Ohio State in the over or Michigan in the under, it sounds like you're liking Ohio State with the over. Yeah, is is until Michigan can beat Ohio State, man. It hasn't happened in a long time. So until that happens, I'm still gonna be, you know, there's a glimmer of hope, but I'm yeah. gonna sit down to watch the game Saturday, just kind of expecting low it. expectations, very yeah. low expectations. Yeah, yeah. If it gets ugly, I'll turn that bitch off at halftime. I don't give a fuck. I'm yeah. not gonna sit there yeah. and be tortured for four hours. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that's how I go into my first dates. I go in with low expectations, yeah. and if it gets ugly, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. As long as you get drunk, you don't, you, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have fun regardless. Uh, oh next goodness. game, the Iron Bowl. Obviously, this isn't a huge game because Auburn's not, you know, uh, vying for a playoff uh, appearance, but it's a big rivalry game nonetheless. And Alabama is a 19.5 point favorite, up to 20 from looking here on Odd Shark. 19.5 or 20 point favorite. I think that's too high. Mm. It's at Auburn. Uh, Alabama is not playing their best football right now. In fact, they've. Uh, they have not covered the spread in the last few games. I don't think they 
we're not talking about that whoever the hell they played, New Mexico State or West Carolina or whoever the hell that was at Nichols State or some shit last week. Yeah. Um, which is bullshit, by the way, that the SEC does this, that they've got, you know, while the Big Ten and everything like that sledging through the schedule, and you could say like, oh, well, Western Carolina is not too much worse off than like uh, Indiana or something like that in the Big Ten. But the thing is that, that it's it's a uh, gauntlet, man. You got to mm-hmm. go up against these physical teams still – uh, in terms of talent, Indiana is way more talented than Western Carolina, New Mexico State, or something like that. And that's the part of the Big Ten that I like is that it is a gauntlet. It's week in, week out. You never know if Purdue's going to beat your ass or something like that, even though they're five and three or something like that. But it's not just that game. It's the culmination of all the games, getting hit, being a physical contest all year long. This is basically a bye game last week. was basically a bye game for a lot of teams in the SEC, and I think that's bullshit yeah. going into the biggest week of the season, rivalry week. Uh, obviously, Georgia don't play nobody. They're playing Georgia Tech. We're not going to talk about that shit. But Alabama, Auburn, I think Auburn uh, I think Auburn keep it within 20 points. Mm. And um, Alabama hasn't been playing great. This is going to be Auburn's Super Bowl, obviously. Mm. Um, their coach is probably going to be gone after this year because he's refusing to get uh, vaccinated. Um, unless, unless he beats... Alabama, then they're going to change their stance all of a sudden. They're like, oh, no, no, state employees don't have to get vaccinated. In fact, you're good. No Ryan Haslip, you're fine. Yeah. But 19 and a half, that's too high, man. I'm taking Auburn right there with the points. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to touch that game, but uh, I'll, I'll trust you on that one. Yeah, another big game. Penn State at Michigan State. Um, this is big for Michigan State because yeah. if Michigan were to beat Ohio State, um, they're still going to go to a really big, really good bowl game. I can see them going to the Rose Bowl or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michigan State still got a lot to play for, man. Penn State, I think that uh, Franklin could be out the door. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that this this line is so low. In fact, I would parlay this with the last two games that we just talked about. Nice. And go with Michigan State. To, uh, they are a, a one-point underdog in some places, or it's even, which is crazy to me. This is at Michigan State. Penn State's not great. Uh, it sounds like James Franklin might have one foot out the door. I think he's realizing the the ceiling that his program has at Penn State. Yeah, he's a lot of rumors talking about he's going to USC, which is funny to me that he's such a hot coaching commodity. If you put his record up against uh, Jim Harbaugh's, Jim Harbaugh has a higher winning percentage, has had more weeks in the top five, more weeks in the top ten, uh, a lot of different things. Mm. Uh, more wins in the same time, uh, time uh, same time period. Yep. Uh, but James Franklin is this huge coaching commodity that everybody wants, and Jim Harbaugh has been a failure in a lot of people's eyes. You know what mm. I mean? Which, of course, I will be the first to admit. You know, when you don't beat Michigan State and Ohio State, that's definitely a big uh, measuring stick for that. But let's calm down on James Franklin being like the next uh, goddamn Bill Parcells or some shit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna take Michigan State. I can't believe that this is uh, one point. Underdog or even at home, uh, I think they still have a lot to play for. I'm taking Michigan State there. I'm going to parlay that with the Ohio State over under. Uh, also, you, you we can do five here almost. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Ohio State to uh, to uh, win or excuse me to cover. Um, then also the over, and then um, Alabama to win by less than twenty, and then that dude. I think those are all pretty damn. You know close to being surefire things, man. Yeah, what's you. interesting about this line movement on Odd Shark is you mentioned that on some sites it's a pick 'em. Well, while it's a pick 'em, there's also no juice for Michigan State. So what that means is if you're on the the Penn State side of pick 'em, $120 is going to win you 100. If you're on the the Michigan State side of the the pick 'em, $120 is going to win you $120. There's no juice. 
And so you're basically getting a free bet. You're not paying that tax. So if you like Michigan State here, everybody's different. I personally would rather take the money line uh, at plus 100, um, even no points, than take the plus one. Because what are the chances the game's going to end by exactly one point? Yeah, yeah. So I, in your parlay, Chad, uh, or to anybody out there, I would advise throwing the money line instead of the plus one in there because plus 100 is, is always nice to get. No juice. Yeah, definitely. Um, last game I think we're going to talk about here. Um, a lot of people, you know, Oklahoma's not going to make the playoff, but a lot of people think the Oklahoma State could sneak in with a win here and in the Big 12 championship game. They are, uh, they opened as a one point favorite. It's anywhere from three and a half to four now. It's at Oklahoma State. This is in Bedlam. Um, Oklahoma doesn't look great, man. I don't know if they have a quarterback, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. You know, Oklahoma State is one of those old school teams. We're starting to see the NFL, starting to see college football kind of come back to how things were 10 or so years ago. Whereas you got to run the football. Um, there's still explosive offenses, but you got to run the football and you got to play defense. And I love that shit. That's my type of football. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State is one of those teams. So anywhere from three and a half to four, I'm going to take Oklahoma State here and think that they're going to cover that. I think they'll win by close to a touchdown at home. Big game for them. Big, big game. Uh, could end up being one of the best seasons of their uh, in the last you know, several, several years for Oklahoma State. Chad, looking ahead to the rest of the college football season, I want to throw a scenario out there. Yeah, I'm not going to make this a prediction because I don't think it's going to happen, but I think what I'm about to say is actually more likely to happen than people think, okay? Mm-hmm. How about this? How about Cincinnati, who has beaten Notre Dame this year and who's undefeated, how about Notre Dame makes the Final Four and Cincinnati doesn't? <laughs> that would be bullshit. Because Cincinnati beat them at Notre Dame. It would be bullshit. And I think if you get 100 people in the room, hundred probably 99% of them would agree that it's bullshit, you and I included. But do you also agree that like you wouldn't be shocked because of we've seen so much bullshit in the past with how they've chosen these teams? Yeah. I think that could actually happen and is more realistic than people think. I hope it's not, man, because I, the ACC isn't very strong this year. So Cincinnati hasn't played uh, teams that are appreciably worse than what Notre Dame's played this year. Clemson's not very good. Boston College, you know, Syracuse, come on, like these teams uh, aren't great. I, I feel like uh, it definitely has to be Cincinnati, even though I don't think that they're one of the best four teams in the country. I really right. don't. I think there's probably 10 or 12 teams that could beat them head to head. But uh, who knows, man? Who knows what the hell those goofballs are thinking? Yeah, man? Those, the them, Final Four is going to be really They seem really out of to touch, man. Yeah, the college football playoff is, is going to be fun. So glad they, I mean, it's not perfect, but so glad they instituted the playoff. It, it's better than, you know, just having the bowl games like they used yeah, to. Yeah, they need to sure. just add some more teams because what, yeah. what I think has happened in college football is that all the, all the power, all the talent is concentrated on four or five teams because yeah. those players knows, know that Alabama, you know, LSU, Georgia – Oklahoma, Ohio State, those are the teams that are going to be in it every year no matter what. Clemson, they're going to be in it no matter what. You know what I mean? There has not been much parity whatsoever in the college football Well, playoff. I mean, that's why when you have a second or third ranked team going up against, say, a seventh or eighth ranked team and there's a fucking 20-point point, point spread, yeah. that's proving your point that all the power is concentrated on three That's or four exactly teams, right, so that. dude, and that's bullshit. So they need to open it up to eight, 12 teams, something like that. Yeah. So that a lot of these kids will start saying, hey – you know, maybe for Michigan, for example, uh, Michigan's only three or four players away. If me and my homies go to Michigan, we can take them over the hump. It gets a little bit more parity in college football, which is something that it sorely, sorely needs, man. This is what drives these leagues, man. This has been a big problem in the NBA in the last few years, you know, in the last yeah. 20 years. No parity. And uh, when when there is parity, as we've seen this year, the ratings are actually pretty good. Now, they're not doing great on Thursday and decided to pull the Thursday night game because of the NFL and everything like that, but the ratings are up in the NBA because there's so much more yeah. parity, and it's great for the sport, and the college football needs to follow suit. 
Yeah. Um, Always fun to talk with you about college football. Always fun to preview these NFL games. Have a blast. Had a great time talking to Eric Campbell. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, former man. New York Mets player. A lot of fun interviewing him. Uh, before we head out, Chad, can you tell folks a little bit more about Odd Shark as yeah. we head out? Yeah, we've been using them this entire episode. That's why we've illustrated how important it is to go to oddshark.com because you're going to find Bunch of different spread lines, and it's very drastic in a lot of places as well. So it's very important that you go to oddshark.com. Check that out. Make sure you're getting the best number because they have expert editorial content, which is awesome as well. If you don't know something about a certain event that's coming up, they've got experts on there that have uh, researched this game very well or match or fight or what have you very well. So they can give you some information to help you uh, you know, lean into your bed a little bit. Uh, they got in-depth expert analysis, detailed matchup picks. And the best part is that this is all completely free. You go to oddshark.com. You don't have to sign up for a membership or anything like that. They've enlisted experts to help explain sports and poker odds, even casino pros who can advise on the math behind blackjack strategy. They are robust new sections around wagering events such as the Super Bowl is going to be coming up in a few months. Um, March Madness later on in the year. Everything, man. You can even bet on uh, Jeopardy. I love it. It's awesome, dude. Make sure sure you go to oddshark.com. It's a free resource. You'd be a fool not to. If you're into betting, man, even if you're just a casual better, spend two minutes, three minutes, five minutes on Odd Shark, making sure you're getting the best number you possibly can because there's a lot of different betting sites, man. Absolutely. Important. And also go to hotpiemedia.com. Uh, check out our newsletter. Um, we're going to be revamping it You know, in the next couple of weeks. We're going to start putting some of our best picks in there, uh, help make you some money. Uh, we're also going to be a lot of changes here with the Parlay's show. We're exciting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. We're excited about it. We're going to actually be breaking the show up in the future starting next week where these betting segments, because they've been so successful and we're making people money, we're going to actually start separating them uh, from our interviews. So we're going to be producing more content. And, uh, and and I think you're going to like a lot of the changes that are yeah. coming. But please go and, and check out our newsletter because it's going to be awesome in the next couple of weeks. I promise you that. Yeah, definitely. Make sure you check us out on all social media platforms. Uh, we are at DMPCD Sports. On Twitter, we are at DMPCD Show. Give us a follow. Tell your friends about the show. Follow us on uh, YouTube. Subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Rate the show. Tell your friends about the show. All that stuff, man. It helps us uh, grow to a bigger audience and everything like that, uh, which gets us better guests, all this other stuff. We got some awesome guests planned in the next few weeks, man. Yeah. We can't wait to tell people about. Make sure you tune in next week. Give us a follow. Go to hotpotmedia.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DMPCD Show. We, we really appreciate you guys listening, watching. Please tell your friends about the show. For Tony, I am Chad. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.